Welcome to Too Smart for This, a podcast dedicated to knowing better and doing better for ourselves and others, hosted by me, Alexis Barber. In this show, we invite real people and experts to share their stories about how they navigate an ever-demanding society and talk about the personal decisions we make from career to health and wellness. Let's get into it. Hello and happy Friday. It is Valentine's Day weekend and I want to talk about loving Black women and Black women loving themselves. And this is a few different topics I want to bring up in this episode that I want to bring awareness to for anyone who is either a Black woman themselves or a white woman who interacts with a lot of Black women. I I think this could really be helpful for understanding the cultural significance of Black female identity and how you specifically interact with that, whether you are white or black. So this is sort of how I want to talk about this. I first want to talk about how the whole world over the last decade or so has decided that they love black women and want to basically be them, but then get into the realities of the stereotypes we deal with on a daily basis and how that really ends up hurting us in the long term. So I'll start off with how the world has started to embrace black women. So um, obviously being a black woman has been a difficult, has probably been one of the most difficult places to be in society over over time. Um, And in today we see that black women are not valued as they are like the least likely to get married um they are least likely to be like married by their own race actually black men love to marry outside of their race i am actually the product of that type of relationship so i will preface this by saying i am mixed um i am light skinned with curly hair i have all the privilege that comes with that and i do not know the experience of a dark skinned woman and i do plan on bringing in that type of experience onto my podcast in the future so that they have a platform to express what they're dealing with. But I do believe I have an audience and a responsibility to talk about these things, even though I don't have the breadth of experience of um, every color in the in the spectrum of blackness. I do have an audience that is primarily white, so I do want to make sure that this gets told to them so they can dig deep into it. That being said, black women are not loved by society themselves. However, something we've seen come up is the love of blackness itself when it's on a non-black person. So I'll get into this. So you, if you know me, you know I don't fuck with the Kardashians, point blank, period. I admire that these women were able to build an incredible empire out of influencing people and they set the stage for that. I give them credit where credit is due. What I don't think is talked about enough is that they have used black culture to get most of that credit and most of that influence. And they have not acknowledged that and actually continue to appropriate black culture on the daily. And this is where this idea of loving black women gets so frustrating for me because the Kardashians are white, but they have black body types. The Kardashians are white, but they have black husbands. They have black culture. They use black hairstyles to gain notoriety. They have black kids that they love flaunting. That itself is taking everything that black women in their essence are 
including the streetwear, including the clothes, including the nails, including the wigs. And once you put it on a white woman, it's okay. But still to this day, if a black woman does it, they are deemed ghetto. They are deemed unworthy and they are deemed problematic because when they are doing what their culture literally created, it's not good enough unless a white person is doing it. And that is where the problem lies. Like, of course, there is a such thing as cultural appreciation, but it is not when you go ahead and like now that you wear wigs, if you were if Kylie Jenner wears a purple wig, like people think it's fashion and trendy. If a black person wears a purple wig, they can get fired from their job. That is where the issue lies. Like that is why it's so frustrating to me that they continue to use our culture to build an empire that in reality they didn't even create. Like they're just stealing this culture and like getting paid for it. So that is an example of how the idea of a black woman has been embraced by society, but the reality of a black woman has not. Um, And we see that because black women are least likely to get married. They um, are at least they get married at a very young, like late age, and there's obviously the problem of black men being colorist, which we can get into. Um, but I definitely don't want to demonize the black community on this podcast. There's a lot of frustration and issue where we are like, wow, like I love that you do this, or I love that you do this with your hair, or whatever. But then like when a black person does it, it's it's not accepted, and so. For many of us, we have spent our entire lives trying to be more palatable for the white gaze so that we can survive, literally survive. And when we're not doing that, we can get killed easily. We saw earlier this month a nine-year-old get arrested, literally, and abused by police. And they yelled at her, you're acting like a child. Why do we expect black women, black children, black girls to grow up so fast, to be so strong, to be so mature immediately? We don't do that to other races. We don't. We let people be girls. But with this woman, with this child, you're going to say you were acting like a child. You're nine years old. Nine years old. It is absolutely insane to me the way that we treat our actual black women but then the way that society itself treats the black woman culture that we created another thing i want to get into here is these stereotypes of how black women have to act and um one of those is not being loud So I'm sure that you have heard that in like gay communities or even anywhere, there's this idea of like a sassy black woman, right? And it's like my inner sassy black woman. And that inner sassy black woman is just a woman who is, you know, standing in her own power, but white populations have taken this away from them and sort of made it like a trope or like a funny thing. When in reality, if a black woman is sassy, that black woman is immediately devalued in society because she speaks up outside of what she needs to do. And that itself is incredibly insulting to us because it's once again, when you're doing a like a, something that a black woman created within their own culture, but you're white, you get praised for it or you get laughed at or you get the views. But when you are a black woman who's living that same truth, you don't get anything. In fact, you get 
abused by society. Like it's a disaster, honestly. So one of those things that we are not allowed to be is loud or angry. And I want to tell a personal story about this. Um, It was not the first or only time I was called an angry black woman, but it was probably the most painful. And this was in my junior year of college. I mean, my junior year of high school at Thomas Jefferson School in St. Louis. Um, And we were in AP literature and we were reading Invisible Man and The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn within the same like two week period. And this was also the period in which it was 2014. Mike Brown had been killed a few few months earlier near my hometown of Ferguson and my um and it was nearing the date of Darren Wilson's trial or or when they were going to announce whether or not he would be indicted. And I was get talking about um Invisible Man and like the discussion when we were discussing whatever we were just talking about in class and my teacher, my teacher who was teaching these classes made this joke and he was like, and because whatever I was saying, I was getting passionate about it, probably talking in the exact same tone I'm talking about right now. And he was like, oh, well, beware, the black, the angry black woman has entered the classroom. And I was devastated. I held back tears in that moment because I'm not angry. I'm just talking like I'm just talking. And the second I put a flick of emotion or passion into what I'm discussing, I'm angry. So no, nothing that I just said in that class was valuable anymore or was valued by the people around me, which, yes, I was the only black person in the classroom. And nothing I said could be valuable anymore because I was an emotional black woman. And then, and so I was biased or whatever. I don't know what it was, but like I was no longer a smart other 16 year old in this AP language class with my friends because they took my emotion to be anger. And this happens constantly. And this is why I think in college, I lost so much of my personality because anytime I did speak up about something I was passionate about or have this sort of fiery energy, I was immediately too much and I had to be let go. Like I had to, I was no longer, nothing that I said was ever valuable from that point going forward. And I still deal with this today where people try to villainize me for having a voice and for being an intelligent speaker or being an emotional speaker. And I mean, we saw this with what even brought me to having these Instagram followers. I called someone out and I'm young, smart and intelligent, but I'm black. So it's like, let me villainize everything that's happened so far to my business by placing it all on a quote, like young, young woman. Oh, she's so young. That's the only thing you can say about me, isn't it? Because I'm smart, huh? Yeah, because I've done my research, huh? Because I'm right, actually, about what's going on. So the white women who bullied me into in, on Instagram, all they could say was she's young and she doesn't have that experience. I actually think I've been through a lot. I don't think anyone who's in this situation grew up in the projects or in the North City of St. Louis. I don't think anyone made it out of that by going to private schools and trying to survive through that and getting good grades and going to a top college where once they got there, they were one of few black people and had no money and sort of had to make it on their own. I don't think anybody else got this job at Google that less than 1% of people can get. 
I mean, I have been through a lot, actually. I basically raised myself. My mom had me when she was 16. Like, we as Black women, because like we, we don't get to show this emotion at any point, we don't get to be anything because you can reduce whatever we are to not being, quote, educated enough, perhaps. You can reduce everything that we are into what you see as a stereotype so that you can use that for your own gain, whether it's the Kardashians, whether it's a sassy black woman, or whether it's the people who decided to use me as the face of the anti-whatever they were selling. That's why. It's really frustrating because it feels like no matter what you care about or what you're interested in, you can't be great because of these concepts of what you have to create in order to be palatable or accepted. So that is why in college, and I do forgive myself for everything I've done so far because I understand the way society was asking me to act, but that's why in college I didn't feel comfortable speaking up. That's why in college I joined a white sorority instead of a black one because I felt like I needed to be accepted by white people in order to be successful. And in many ways, I still do. And that is why I stopped being myself and caring about things like activism and social justice because I knew that when I spoke up about it, I wouldn't be taken seriously. Despite my degree in political science, I still wouldn't be taken seriously because when a black woman shows any form of emotion, she doesn't get the same respect for her feelings that white women do. When Kim Kardashian or someone who blatantly steals from black culture and aspires to look like a black woman without being black has emotion or cares about something, she doesn't get put into the same box that black women do. I'm not saying that other white women don't face challenges for showing their emotion, but they don't face the same thing as black women where they are immediately like pushed out. And so I feel as though it is really frustrating that this world is so in love with us, but we're not allowed to love ourselves and we're not allowed to be who we want to be unless we're white. And I mean, we saw this very recently with Chloe Bailey, who was posting these gorgeous videos for herself living her best life and embracing her body, her sexuality, and just like being a young girl and people attacked her immediately for, for that. People attacked her for being an attention whore or showing too much of her skin or whatever. And it's because it's like as soon as a black woman even accepts herself, like we can't be angry, but we can't be happy either. As soon as a black woman accepts herself, she's demonized for that too. I mean, where does the line get drawn? You know, like when can we be ourselves and it matter? And this is why things like this are so incredibly frustrating to me. Um, and this is why self-love itself is a radical act for Black women. And it is a radical act for me because it seems as though if I really were to embrace my true personality and what I care about, what I fear is that I will no longer be able to survive in this society. And I will because I'm accepted, palatable, light skin with curly hair. At least I think so. But it doesn't mean that like people still don't take me seriously at work or whatever. Like for trans black women specifically, they're not surviving. They're dying at an insane rate because people can't take them seriously. And dark skinned black women don't get the same opportunities as the rest of us because people don't value them 
intrinsically as much. And it's just really painful to know that this whole world wants to be us, wants to look like us, wants our culture. And when I say culture, I mean the Air Force Ones. I mean Nike. I mean braids. I mean nails. All of that. Acrylic nails used to be shat on. Like having a big butt, like they didn't want that 10 years ago or even 20 years ago. And now it's like all these things or even lips, the amount of lip filler. Like people did not want to have our lips or our asses or anything until very recently when it became trendy. And it's like, why do we, and then when we do embrace and love ourselves, then that's not acceptable either. It's like, so this feeling of love that I'm really trying to explore this week of loving myself and other people loving me feels really difficult to think about as a black woman because I I may love myself But doing that and getting there was so much harder because I knew society wouldn't really love me because I wasn't as palatable or I wasn't what they needed me to be. And I wasn't white. I wasn't being black, but acting white. And if I'm it's hard because I've suppressed so much of who I am and was ever since I had to be in these environments that were primarily non-black. And so getting back to myself and really loving myself is is harder is harder and I think a lot of other women who are my age who have even had on the podcast are also feeling that. So when we think about love, when we think about self-love, it's much more possible for white women to love themselves in this society because they aren't being demonized when they show any form of emotion or exiled for being themselves and embodying a culture that they in fact created. So all of this is to be helpful to say that these stereotypes that we put on black women or even supporting the Kardashians, which I simply do not do, is in effect really harming the ability for black women to be themselves and love themselves. And I really hope that this podcast has helped you recognize, like even in my experience, which is the least of many people's, that being myself and loving myself is really hard when people do want to love me, but only if I was lighter. So I hope this helps. Kind of a rant, but I really wanted to get into the appropriation of Black culture while also talking about radical self-love, and I hope this accomplished it. Thank you so much for listening to the Too Smart for This podcast. Be sure to leave a review if you liked it. It takes two seconds. And follow the show on Instagram at Too Smart for This Pod. Check back every Tuesday and Friday for new episodes. And make sure to follow me on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Alexis Barber for more content about lifestyle, health, and career. And don't forget, you're too smart to not love yourself.